This audio version of the Elseworlds Exchange is sponsored by Speech Bubble. If you want to get to know comic book creators on a level few have ever dared attempt, then Speech Bubble is your answer. Hosted by journalist Aaron Broverman. It's a podcast featuring hour-long uncensored conversations with comic book pros living and working in the unlikely comics hub of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Past guests include Chip Zdarsky of Spectacular Spider-Man and Sex Criminals, Ramon Perez from Hawkeye and Nova, Ed Brisson of Old Man Logan, Ryan North from The Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, Hope Nicholson, The Secret Love of Geek, Valentine Delandro, a bitch planet, and many more. Download the show at NeverSleepsNetwork.com or subscribe on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast needs met. Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SpeechBubblePod. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hey everybody, welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange, I'm Sal. And I'm Joel. Today we're going to talk about comic book prequels. Those stories that take place before your favorite stories and are probably not nearly as good. But I think mm, there's a few most of the time. That are good. Uh, we've got a nice substantial list, meaty list, if you will. Mm, we're going to mm. jump right into. Um, these are books that, yeah, it, and it, uh, to, pre, to jump into what a prequel actually is, I'll let Joel define it. Joel, what did you find in your research about prequels? Well, you know, judging by my deep dive to Wikipedia, apparently prequels have been around before even we thought they were. The Iliad actually has a prequel, although it was written before the Iliad, but it is a story before a story. And it's just, you know, the Iliad was way more popular. Uh, Surprisingly, as I discovered, the first cinematic use of it is actually from Butch and Sundance, the early days from 1979. This was the movie that actually introduced the term prequel into the mainstream. Oh, cool. Now, I want to know when they used the term, like in what context were they giving an interview and they're like, it's a, it's not a sequel, it's a prequel, you know? One that's, of those. that's that's a good question. It doesn't say in the article, it just says that this was the thing that uh, coined the term. That would not surprise me if it was just in an interview and someone's like, this doesn't make any sense. It's a, it's a, It takes place after, it takes place before Bush and Sundance, but like, it's before, but, but it's out now. It's after mm. the story and it's like, yeah, no, there's a pre... I remember being like kind of surprised by prequels like that yeah, anyone yeah. would care i i always like discount my audience and go like <laughs> there's no way that the moving going public is going to accept a prequel like you know what I mean? yet where they go or I, I really didn't think that the movie going populace would like understand what a prequel was mm. and or that they would give a prequel any any amount of consideration I know when I use the term prequel to anyone above a certain age, they still give me like cockeyed looks. Like I think the word has caught on more with 20 somethings and above, but you try and say it to someone else. They're like, what the hell is a prequel? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, even though it harkens back to like the prehistoric days, but that's still interesting. Um, So yeah, we're going to apply this, this prequel concept to just comics, just the comic books that came out that take place before your favorite comic or tell some extra part of the story that you didn't get a chance to talk about mm. then. And uh, um, and if you want to see us tackle movies or video games in the future, be sure to watch this episode multiple times and tell your friends so we can justify making a sequel to this prequel episode. There you go. Or we can pretend like we went back in time and shot a prequel episode. Yeah. Either way, but yes, we will do a sequel to this prequel episode where we talk about movies or video games or TV shows. We'll use a bunch of that, you know, uh, wizardry and special effects to make ourselves appear younger. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'll just, uh, I'll call one of my friends over at Disney and they can like there use you go. amazing Marvel Cinematic Universe magic. Well, you, you, that, you got the connects. Yeah, or before that, the Tron Legacy uh, magic. 
Ooh, you know what else we could do? We could take some old footage of this show like a year or so ago when we started and then just dub over our voices to make it look like we're a couple years younger. That sounds perfect. I love it. Let's do that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to talk about comics that came out before or prequel comics. Uh, let's jump into it, Joel. Uh, what's on, what's the first one on your list? Uh, well, here, you know, it, well, here's one that's actually quite timely because this has actually come up again. Untold Tales of Spider-Man, where we went back in time and saw the origin of the Parkers. Yes, the Untold Tales of Spider-Man is a great series that Kurt Busick wrote that was kind of ahead of its time in terms mm-hmm. of concept, where they're like, hey, uh, people want desperately to see a young, unmarried Spider-Man, but they don't <laughs> want to go through the fan backlash of unmarrying Spider-Man. So instead, uh, they just went ahead and told stories that took place between the pages, between the issues of Amazing Fantasy 15 all the way up to, I think, I think they had like a, like a a roadblock where they're like, it has to stop by this point. Mm. I remember they had a a kind of almost like a mandate, like no Mary Jane, no, uh, you know, like it has to stop at a certain point. Otherwise, yeah, like, and probably the, the argument was, um, the, uh, you, you, you have to, oh, crap, what was it? You, you, like, it has to stop around the time when, um, there were multiple Spider-Man books. Or else you're tripping over yourself and what's the point? Exactly. Because there's no way that you can argue that there were other adventures taking place in between, like, Web of, Spectacular, Amazing, and all the other series. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Untold Tales of Spider-Man just like kind of reaches up to this point and then it stops and then it goes. Um, and and, and it, it's a really, really lovely series that somehow yeah. manages to be a prequel while also not like fucking things up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Fucking like prequel does. It sometimes can fuck things up like OBS can sometimes fuck things up. In- yeah. Um, people are saying that it cut out, but it didn't. It's still here. Okay, um, yeah, I, I'm watching the screen, too, and it did look like it cut out for a second. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Untold Tales of Spider-Man is a perfect prequel. I'm, I'm sorry we started with this one, because it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is. But, uh, but yeah, it's a great series that, um, that tells... Th- it's, yeah, it's a prequel series. It definitely is. And it also manages to, like, introduce new characters and create new mm-hmm. ideas and, and add to the main stories. Like, it enhances the, the books from the past. The greater mythos. Exactly. So, yeah, definitely a great miniseries, or definitely a great prequel series. And, and stuff they keep going back to, I don't know if you're still reading the Chip Zdarsky Spider-Man stuff, but they're doing a time travel story right now, where uh, Teresa, the kind of, sort of, but not really sister of Spider-Man, is trying to look into what the Parkers were doing. Yes. Oh, no, no, I, I read, I started reading after, like, I started reading in issue one, and then uh, I dropped off after, like, issue three, and then I picked back up at issue 301. Mm-hmm. Which is like, which sounds like I dropped off for about 300 issues. But, like, but you didn't really. But no, it's it's actually really good. Um, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I like the concept they're doing of, like, yeah, it's a time travel story, but it's with Doctor Doom's tech, so we can do whatever we want. I love that idea. And it's really it fun. So, it was so fun to read. I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, and it's like using cheat codes. In your favorite it really game is. levels, and I'm like, no, this is cool. Um, and of course, like it has unfor- unforeseen uh, consequences and stuff. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's I wouldn't call it a prequel comic; it's a time travel story, but it's still like, yeah. it, it harkens. It reminds me of Untold Tales. Um, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it really if you haven't is. already, check it out. 
So, uh, yeah, I guess I can jump into one. Um, here's a prequel story or a prequel comic that is almost... Yeah, it is a prequel comic. I was going to say it's like a retcon, and it kind of has to be, but um, it's confusing, which, of course, it has to be, because it's written by Grant Morrison, <laughs> and uh, it's the New 52 Action Comics comic. Yeah, boy, is that... It's even more confusing now in retrospect. Right, well, because it takes place in the past while also concurrently running alongside the present-day Superman in the New 52. Mm-hmm. But... Like, who asked for that? Because they're also setting... I guess they were also setting up the whole new origin of Superman. Yeah. And yet... Bizarre. Just such an odd choice. Um, it's the new origin that's darker, more realistic, and kind of shittier, much like a lot of New 52 stories at the time. It's true. Uh, so yeah, that's a prequel... Com- I-, I consider it a prequel comic because it takes place before the main series but is informing the series that was coming out at the time. Yeah. And that's so bizarre. Also, Very. but like what's more bizarre for me was I loved the beginning of it. Mm, that first know, issue. Yeah, like I, the first four or five issues, I was so on board. Uh, even because I was like, all right, New 52, they're rebooting everything. It's a new origin for everybody. I guess I'll have to get on the ground floor if I want to get into mm-hmm, this. Mm-hmm. So uh, Action Comics was a must buy for me. And yet, and I loved, like, the portrayal of Lex Luthor, and uh, I didn't like the, like, Batman origin of, of Superman, where his parents are dead, no. and he's living on yeah. the streets or whatever. It was weird. They it's still not, haven't dealt with that yet, either. No, no. Because uh, they don't know what they're... Do- well, that's another topic. Is like <laughs> Everything is back the way you know it when Superman Blue fused with Superman Red, but also his parents are still dead. But maybe Cap- or maybe Dr. Manhattan killed them, though. Maybe, uh, yeah. Uh, the fact that it's directly referenced in uh, Doomsday Clock means they're, they're going to reference it. But whether DC actually are, like, secret geniuses or completely clueless... That should be like a whole other episode. Time will tell. It's true. And yeah, only time will tell. Um, but yeah, Action Comics, a prequel comic that takes place before the main series, but informs what's happening. But they also didn't bother to work with the other art- writers. Mm-hmm. So like Grant Morris is doing whatever or whatever he wants and it's contradicting yep. other things. It's, yep. it's like the, it, I'm glad we mentioned this one because it's like the worst prequel comic. <laughs> yeah. It's like, who, what the hell? Uh, I will say Rags Morales' art is second to none in that series. It was really nice looking. He he made uh, leaps tall buildings in a single bound, wears a t-shirt and a jeans actually like work and look really nice. Yes. Um, you know when it lost me? It was when they started to when, – when Morrison started to imply that it's all in continuity anyway – yeah. And they were like, oh, the, and the League of Superman and stuff. I'm like. Because he just can't help himself. I'm like, dude, you just started doing the prequel. Like, you just started telling the origin. <laughs> but I love origins. continuity too much. There's a million Superman origin stories. I guess Superman Birthright kind of counts as a prequel comic. But it's really more like a, just a retelling of the origin that they then went, oh, no, let's wreck on it. That's the thing with comics, where it's like a lot of prequel stories are also origin stories, whether belated or retconny. Yeah, it's true. Um, Similarly, Secret Origin from Jeff Johns, he's like, here's a a retconned origin, and this one is in continuity. It's Mm -hmm. a prequel. Screw you, I wrote it. The Punisher is quite famous for those, too, where it's like, hey, here's the Valley Forge, which is a prequel to Frank Castle's life before he became the Punisher. Yep. And even just recently, Garth Ennis is like, and here's a prequel to this prequel. Oh, yeah. Not to mention Punisher Born, which was its own prequel. 
Yes. Uh, that tells and, you, like, the true and, origin of the Punisher. <laughs> And the tiger, that was kind of a prequel too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was a little kid, when he was a little baby Frank. Yes, it's it's almost like Garth Ennis just wants to talk about Vietnam really badly. He loves I, it so much. I don't know why, I get this feeling that Garth Ennis has something to say about Vietnam of all things. He, he loves Vietnam more than any Irish person you've ever met loves Vietnam. This is true. Like, what the hell? Uh, I don't know I, what I his think, I think he is. loves war stories because he loves, like, uh, what is it, World War II aces and everything. I just think right. he loves to tell war stories. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, good for him, but yeah. let it go. He's <laughs> made a solid career out of it. And yet he doesn't talk so much about modern wars. Interesting. Well, I guess he kind of did in Max near the end with, you know, uh, black is white, up is down. He talked a little bit about modern wars. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, Frank lends himself to uh, to prequels because he's just a dude. Like, yeah. And he lived an interesting life before he was the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't know why, though, because, like, you could tell any Frank story you could tell in the past. You could also tell in the present. It's just about a dude yeah. who shoots people or kills them in interesting ways. It's um, it's so true. And in fact, they even keep changing his war. Him and Iron Man keep getting their wars updated and changed so they can go along with the sliding time scale. Unless Garth Ennis wrote it, in which case it is unequivocally Vietnam. Like, it is Nam, <laughs> and he is he he is old as fuck, and he's only getting older. Right, exactly. He's just a tired old man. <laughs> so tired, so old. Which, hey, you know what? I hope those Netflix shows keep going so that we can get old, tired John Bernthal at some point. Yes, that would be amazing. I'm totally on board. Look, look, it's cool you just did war journals for the first season. It's fine. You'll get to the Ennis stuff eventually. <laughs> this is true, and you know what? It lends itself to having an older Frank, so... So, you know, take your time, pace yourselves. You got time. Yeah. Um, here's a weird prequel that, like, I, I brought up because it's so bizarre and I didn't ask for it. But, like, God help me, it's really fun. And that's uh, Marvel Zombies versus Army of Darkness. Ooh, yes. That's a, that, there's an interesting pick. Do tell. Well, it tells you the origin kind of of the initial zombie outbreak and... It involves Ash Williams from Army of Darkness, like fighting, <laughs> fighting zombies and thinking they're deadites, and and it's just Ash fighting like yep. Marvel zombies and teaming up with Doctor Doom and <laughs> it's a, nuts. Being an overall scumbag, it's so bizarre. I don't know who asked for it, but it is straight up a prequel to Marvel Zombies and in canon. If you want to know what happened, like right before the Marvel Zombies outbreak. You got to pick up Army of Dar- or Marvel Zombies vs. Army of Darkness. <laughs> uh, Jack Ingram in the Super Chat reminds us of Chuck Dixon's series of year ones, which includes oh, Robin, yes. Batgirl, Nightwing, giving us great Two-Face stories, Batgirl and Robin, meet cute, mm-hmm. Superman telling Dick about the Kryptonian Nightwing. It's true. Yep. Um, no, those That's are really great. nice. Uh, and in fact, you can't even get uh, the Robin year one unless it's couched in with... Uh, with with the uh, Batgirl year one, I think. I, I did not know that. They have them together. Hmm. Yeah, they do. They put them together. I think those they're kind of short, so, you know. Yeah, it as it should be, Dick and Barbara should never be too far apart. Oh, that's very sweet. But yeah, uh, yeah, back when uh, yeah, back when Chuck Dixon was relevant, he wrote these stories yes. about, uh, that were kind of like really sweet year ones that don't mm-hmm. like try and do the Frank Miller year one thing to the Bat family. Um, they they are very much within their character and within their themes and, and the tone of their mm-hmm. characters as well. So it works. Oh, yeah. They're, they're very solid, uh, uh, prequels. So they are nice. Good and call. again, if, they, and if, if they ever end up doing solo Nightwing and Batgirl movies, I would say, use these as basis please. Why not? Right. They're great. And they're self-contained and they're, pretty oh, yeah. looking. 
Uh, MT Kaiser Soze reminds us of the Gundam original manga, which is a good prequel oh, series. So I, much Gundam. I didn't read Gundam, so I have no Neither did I. I. I watched Gundam Wing on Cartoon Network when I was way too young to, and I was just spent the whole time trying to make sense of this and going, when, when are the robots going to fight? When's all this political intrigue going to be done? Right? I don't know. Uh, I will say, though, if you watch Ready Player One, you might just see a Gundam in a big bad way in that book or in that movie. Um, I'm sure it's in the book. I didn't I didn't bother to read it. But uh, what else we got, dude? Uh, hey, here's a fun one. The chat mentioned this one, and I'm glad they did. Uh, Thanos Rising from Jason Aaron. Thanos Rising. Yeah, Jason Aaron giving us a little bit of a prequel to Thanos himself. And it's it's a really good series. A, a character I didn't know I wanted an origin to because I'm like, oh, he's big, he's evil. Any origin you can give would only diminish him. Oh, oh no way. Jason Aaron actually goes into some interesting places and say he just didn't pop out an evil, dark, cosmic lord. He actually bummed around a little bit as a space pirate. He has a really tumultuous relationship with his dad. He might also be crazy. Oh, yeah, definitely. No, it's cool. Uh, it, it is up there. It is alongside any Jim Starlin Thanos book. With, oh, yeah. I think, most people's favorite Thanos stories. And it's a solid prequel series as well. And it's just metal as fuck, too. Right. <laughs> it's gotta be. <laughs> it's why the, the current Thanos series is so damn cool. Yeah. It's metal as fuck. Metal um, as fuck, as Nathan, it should be. Nathan Berg asked me a personal question, which is, does Patreon or the Super Chat benefit us more? Uh, it, it's six and one. I think Patreon is actually a little better. Um, although I think that we, no, it really depends. I think they, they benefit in different ways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're both, they're two different revenue streams. So either one is, you know, it's six and one. Um, mm. Satan loves me, which is a great, <laughs> asks, nice uh, Superman birthright, secret origins, mention them already. Uh, roll back, catch the earlier part of the episode. We talk about those being straight up prequel series that then became continuity. Yeah. So it's a, it's, it's been a bit since they've done some, like, straight-up secret origin books. I know they did in the New 52, and they're like, oh, we have too many characters. We need to give them all origins and quick. Okay, look, put put out, like, one-shot comics that do them. Right. I think that that's because they don't want to put the cart before the horse this time. Yeah. They're like, okay, no, we did, you know, we did, we did the Superman Rebirth thing. We don't have any straight-up definitive origins for anybody. No. And I think people prefer it that way. Yeah. By and large. I don't. I like to know what happened and when, but uh, but there are a lot of people who would rather just have the stories. Mm. Just, it, it's yeah. It's true when we break it down, the entire, you know, concept of a prequel is very nerdy in its own way. It's the I need to know everything that happened in a story from the very beginning to the very end, I need to know it all. What's funny is whenever we ask that question, typically we are disappointed. Yeah, I know, right? There's only like a handful of like genuinely great prequels and every other time it's like, oh, oh, you cheapened it. Oh, I didn't need to know that. Yep. And some actually wind up like diminishing or hurting the original source material if you are completist, if you need those stories to be a part of it. Ahem, Ridley Scott's origin, uh, Alien <laughs> series. Um, he, he, he keeps trying, Ridley Scott. I'm going to make you love the origin of Aliens one of these days. No, I won't. Get fired. Get out. No one wants you here. You're fucking everything up. Stop it. But um, I have stories about robots and AI. Yeah, it's in Chariot about of the God theory. God. Fuck off. Write a goddamn short story and be done with it. Uh, Silvery Cricket says, do the Secret Empire Generation books count? Joel? Uh, I don't know because I didn't read them. Yes and no. They de 
they're honestly more like time travel stories, but it's not really time travel because it could take place at any time. They're nice snapshots of what the heroes were doing in the past most of the time. Mm, okay. Well, here but go. I wouldn't call them prequels. Um, Jai, uh, Jay Suchdev lets us know that his name is pronounced. Jay <laughs> Suchdev. Just wanted to say hey and keep up the good work. Thank you, man. Hi, Jay. <laughs> Welcome. Sorry about that. Uh, so yeah, uh, let's jump into a new book, a book that I'm sure you're reading, uh, mm-hmm. and that is Old Man Hawkeye. Oh yeah, yeah, the adventures of Old Man Hawkeye before the adventures of the Old Man Logan. Yeah, I love this idea of doing Old Man series. Yeah. Particularly if they take place in the Old Man Logan universe. <laughs> um, they don't necessarily have to be, but like, I know Tiffany's reading this series and she's like, you know what's cool? This book. Like she's really, really enjoying it, and she's oh. like, and I was like, I think she bought it on a lark, and she thought it was going to be like stupid, and it turns out it's awesome, and I love that. She, um, she does that a lot, and ends up actually getting us to pick up stuff we wouldn't normally read. It's true. Well, she'll pick up books. She's like kind of like precognizant when it comes to, uh, or precognitive when it comes to books. Like uh, she'll be like, oh, I guess I'll pick up this one image series out of a thousand, and that's mm. the one that blows the hell up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Old Man Hawkeye is a cool little story. I thought it was going to be lame. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was going to be derivative, and but it turns out it's really cool. That's good. Well, what is it even about? Because like I heard Old Man Hawkeye, and I'm like, okay, prequel series. Do we really need to know what he's doing? What was he doing? He was, uh, I think he was like trying to, I think he was like a hired gun. Honestly, I don't know. I'm not reading the damn book. But uh, <laughs> but as I understand it, he's like, he's he tries to, he's doing, oh, he's losing his sight. Oh, right. And Which so for an archer would suck. And he's going, well, because he's blind at the end, or at the beginning of Old Man Logan. And so he's losing his sight and he's trying to go on like one last adventure before mm-hmm. he loses it all. He tries to like reconcile with his daughter and it just, it becomes a like a complete mess, which is like exactly what you'd expect from not only Hawkeye, but particularly Old Man Hawkeye. Interesting. Heartless Fang says, I started picking up comics again during Forever Evil when they released all the origins of the crime syndicate as one shots. Do those count? Um, oh, they yeah. count as origin stories for the crime syndicate. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they count as prequels because it's not like an adventure that no. like informs the main adventure. It's more like getting you uh, to understand who Ultraman is uh, as opposed to like getting to understand like where they were before mm. they, they, mm. they were on this adventure. Um, I, you know, I think there is a, a, a slight difference between like an origin story and a prequel. Although yeah. a few of the stories we do have on here are origin stories. So like it's it's a gray period. Definitely. Uh, Mr. Giggles, hey guys, prequels equals cash grab. Keep up the good work. A, a lot of the time, yes. They're trying, but they're usual. Like, what's amazing is how derivative they wind up being or how, like, cheap or lame they wind up being and how, like, no one asked for them. So while they attempted to be cash grabs, like, did they really grab em- enough cash? You know? Um, like, I think that- like you, you get the Hobbit problem of where it's like, oh, we we were going to make this really interesting and faithful once upon a time. But then we were told, make it make it more like the thing you're being a prequel to. Right. Uh, yeah. And I love to talk about the Hobbit at some point. Uh, South Sun reminds us of the of Daredevil, the man without fear, which is a mm. great series and a prequel story. Although mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd argue it's almost like a retcon of his origin. It is a big retcon to his origin and Kingpin's origin, too. Yes. Uh, and Shadow6743 says, is Secret Identity a prequel to Infinite Crisis? Uh, no. No, it's just a story that takes place before Infinite Crisis. If Secret Identity had come out before... Did it? Secret Identity? I don't remember that. I, I, maybe you're talking about Identity Crisis? I don't know. My, uh, my timelines are crossed. Superman Secret Identity. 
In which case, I don't think that's a prequel to. I assume that's what he meant. Yeah, if you meant that, then no. I think Secret Identity is its own thing. Um, so yeah, no. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, a couple of honorable mentions before we get into some meteor topics. I wanted to mention uh, there's this whole series that came out from Dark Horse called Tales of the Jedi. Ah. That was a huge prequel to the new to like to everything that was Star Wars. Yeah. Tells you about the origins of the Sith and the you know the 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 Jedi and their whole system of belief and government and all the like that it was like a thousand years before a new hope and everything huge prequel series hugely successful and popular within the dark horse line and uh unexpectedly so i might say but yeah uh, i wanted to mention them before we move on well i was gonna say you know again when we made up the whole list and talked about games and everything to we're like uh where does the old republic fall into this because it is a star wars prequel and it's a game and it got a huge line of comics as well that's true that's true i think it is i think it does consider to be a prequel because, I mean, mm. the original story was A New Hope. It's Star Wars. Anything that takes place before that is a prequel. Mm. Um, Tevye asks, if Superman, Lois, and Clark is a prequel to John? No. Um, it is just the story in, se- in, in sequential order. Uh, John does appear because he's born in that series. Uh, but no. Uh, and M.T. Kaiser Soze says, isn't All-Star Superman a prequel to DC 1 million? I would argue no. They want it to be, though. Uh, yes. Now, DC 1 million, I think it took place before All-Star Superman. And so, in Grant Morrison's mind, yes, it is. Um, in terms of, like, being published. I think 1 million came out before All-Star Superman. I don't remember if that's true, but I think that's right. Um, mm-hmm. If that's the case, then yes, technically it is. Because I have been told countless times that the gold Superman from the sun is the same thing mm-hmm. as DC 1 million. And so, like, yeah, we, like... Even though it's more satisfying if it's just Lois like holding on to hope and belief in Superman, right. th- that no, he really is building an artificial heart for the sun, and he shows up and he makes like Lois come back to life. It's uh, whatever, Grant. That, 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 that might be Fanon if yeah. you want, not quite <laughs> canon, but Fanon. Yeah. Although, I mean, if Grant Morrison says so, and DC lets him be, lets it be so, it's then true. I guess that counts. Um, there's a story that is a prequel to the series that was coming out and interrupted the good flow of this new 52 <laughs> series, uh, Zero Year. Oh, yes. Batman Zero Year is a prequel to nothing interesting. <laughs> it, 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 well, again, we talked about this when we talked about our epic Batman stories last uh, week. It's like, I see what you were going for, Scott Snyder, but in the end, all your hard work was for naught because they're just like, ah, fuck it, everything you remember is in continuity. Yeah. Not only that, but also, like, nobody asked for this. Like, I get that you wanted to do your own origin. I get you probably put a lot of effort into it. It was just ultimately overblown, too bloated, and too not interesting or engaging enough for anyone to give a shit. The idea of Gotham being overrun and controlled by Riddler and stuff, neat idea. Does Mm -hmm. it need to be about a green Batman who doesn't know what he's doing, and does he need to have a bow and arrow? Like, no. I I like your take on the Red Hood gang and everything. That was pretty solid. That was pretty solid. Uh, At the end of the day, it looks like he just had two ideas, and he smashed them together, and 
and ultimately it is not as satisfying as the pure concept that was Batman Year One. Which and you know, and I could kind of even see them too, like breathing down his neck, where it's like, look, we need a solid Batman origin for the New Fifty Two. Look, the New Fifty, we're future proof in this. It's gonna last, we tell you. Right, you, and you gotta fill, you gotta like, you gotta fill those gaps, fill them with story, and so they did, and nobody cared. Um, Still better than War of Jokes and Riddles, though, because at least at the end of the day, Zero Year was about something. Yes, War of Jokes and Riddles is a big pile of garbage on fire. Um, War of Jokes and Riddles is also a prequel, by the way, um, and a retcon. Um, yes. Weak as hell. Uh, ultimately, I was very surprised because I remember everybody was on the Tom King bandwagon at that point. Everyone's like, Tom sure King could do no wrong. And I'm reading this book. I'm like, hey, more of the same. I don't like any of this. Threw it away. And uh, to my surprise, more and more people were like, I don't think I like this story. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Batman's acting really weird and bizarre. And sure enough, uh, the popular opinion is War Jokes and Riddles sucks. Such <laughs> more, that we were more, more than... Yeah. We were going to do War Jokes Riddles on back issues. I Am Suicide performed so poorly in proportion Yikes. to Batman on that on this channel, we scrapped it. It's Damn. like there's no reason to talk about it. That's how bad it is. It's not even worth making fun of. Yeah. But if you want to talk about good prequels, Batman one, uh, uh, is year one. Yes. Great prequel, kind of technically a retcon. But mm-hmm, still, mm-hmm. brilliant, beautiful. Uh, it is trapped in its own time. It is very much Frank Miller's story. If you want to get deep and feminist about it, you could talk about like how all the women are either like plot devices or marginalized. Um, or, 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 or prostitutes, you know, a, 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 a fine trope of Frank Miller's work. Also, hey, Frank, it seems you don't know the difference between a dominatrix and a prostitute, but that's all right. She's a prostitute dominatrix, Joel. <laughs> Oh, okay, fair enough. I was um, just going to say, I'm like, you know, one one can ply their trade more legally than the other, but whatever. Yeah, no, that's, I don't know. But uh, listen, for all the bad that has been said about year one, ultimately year one is the one of the perfect Batman stories and one of the best prequel comics I think I've ever seen. Um, and the one people keep coming back to. Right. Such that, it's funny, I was actually doing some research about some Scott Snyder books in, in proportion to Batman. And I'm thinking about how, like, in Court of Owls, straight up, it's year it's year one. Yeah. And then he just undoes that and does zero year. And I'm like, dude, you just referenced year one. And now you're doing zero year. And he's like, no, 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 year one happened too. And I'm like, where? It all you, happened. <laughs> you, filled in, you filled in too many gaps. It doesn't fit. Um, in the yeah. margins. But year one's great. If, uh, it's one of the best Batman stories I recommend to people who are like, I want to read Batman, but I don't know where to start. Start with year one and see if you like Batman stories. Um, while we're on the subject, uh, sorry, Jay. Uh, Jay asks, Injustice prequel comics to the Injustice game? Uh, oh, yeah. We're getting there. Don't worry. Hang on. Uh, but Dan yes, Brown, they're super prequels. Dan Brown, can you do Young Avengers for Pride Month on back issues? Uh, we did Young Avengers, the Children's Crusade, but we'll, uh, we'll consider it in the future. Thank you. Uh, Taylor Petcher, the only thing, the only good thing about Wojar is the art. Yeah, I thought so too, but people got really mad about Mikkel Yannon's art. I don't know why, (laughs) 
But uh, I think it's because Riddler was a horrible design and Batman looks ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't know what the idea was where it's like, let's l- l- let's make, uh, what is it, Riddler, some sort of cockney Irish, you know, fist fighter for whatever reason. I was watching a lot of Peaky Blinders and so I thought I'd uh, base him off of one of them. That's, to- oh my God, he's totally Cillian Murphy, which is yeah. funny because he was the Scarecrow. Right, yeah. Um, and finally, Lucky Inn says, do y'all consider X-Men Deadly Genesis a prequel? I consider it a retcon mm. because I think Deadly Genesis isn't, isn't all taking place in the past. And uh, so as such, it just tells you like what happened like in the past as opposed mm-hmm. to like, uh, yeah, I think I consider it a retcon, but I w- I'm, I'm open to debate. Uh, and Will I Am Goldman says, Kite Man, hell yeah. If oh, I yes. never hear that again, I'll be, I will die a happy man. He, he loves Kite Man so much. In fact, again, my my reading of War of Jokes and Riddles basically broke down to, and this is why Tom King thinks at the end of the day, Kite Man is more respectable than Batman. Right, exactly. Well, like, Bat- Kite Man has a real reason to be upset. Like, fair enough, dude. Also, Kite Man is honest, and Kite Man doesn't care that people laugh at him, while Batman totally cares what people think about him. Yes, uh, and he needs to be bailed out by the Joker. Uh, yes. Also, Shadow6743 says, is JSA a prequel to Kingdom Come or just an ending? Um, I think the Justice is JSA, like Jeff Johns is JSA, or the, the, the actual JSA, or like, I don't know what you mean. Um, I know that the Kingdom is a prequel to Kingdom Come, or wants mm-hmm. to be. Uh, and ultimately forgotten and not very great, but still uh, its own prequel. Uh, I know that JSA is like, uh, I, I don't think so. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think JSA is its own thing. Um, there's another prequel that we haven't got a chance to talk, to talk about yet, and that is, of course, The Origin of Wolverine. Oh, yes, Wolverine Origins, which, again, as we mentioned, in comic book times, a lot of prequels end up being, you know, origin stories or like origin stories that took them a while to tell. Yes. Uh, and I remember that I remember there was a lot of discussion about Wolverine's origin and about uh, not telling it. And I remember they said um, they were talking about how, like, they need to do the origin in the comics because, you know, they'll do it in the movie. And yeah. they, we need to be able to say we did it first. And I was like, hey, what a novel idea. Uh, the comics being like, screw those movies. We want to do it our way. <laughs> uh, so, and I, and I agree. Um, but uh, it's a great story and it's beautiful art. Really well written. Some Paul yeah. Jenkins best. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but here's Wolverine's origin. And while I do consider it to be like an origin story more than a prequel, it technically is a prequel and it's tells you what happened to Wolverine beforehand. It's, it's it's setting up his thing about redheaded women and the tragedy that follows him everywhere. Oh, and being dogged by blonde burly men. Yeah. Oh, look, it stopped. Oh, and we're back. Oh, good. And we're back. Okay. Um so yeah, Wolverine Origin, while it could be considered to be an origin versus a a prequel comic, I think it is technically a I, I think you deal you still con- like can call it a comic. Yeah. Or a prequel rather. Yeah, we're not getting enough video to maintain. I don't know what's going on. I, I pay for gigabit internet, and mm-hmm. there's nothing else connected to the internet for us to be a problem. We're also hardwired to our router. I'm going to have to call the cable company and so give them a weird. fucking earful because this is bullshit. <laughs> um, it's the only thing we do here, and for some reason it's not working properly. You had weird. one job, internet, one job. Right? Um, but yeah, it also does a prequel to Sabretooth and all that stuff. Yeah. Even it, though... It, it, 
It's it is and it isn't. Yeah, no, yeah, Dog Logan, which Jason Aaron still kind of loves Dog Logan because he brought him into the future and still had him shown up in his X-Men run for a little bit. Do you think we'll see Dog Logan in Avengers? No. <laughs> oh, you mean the book? Yes. Yes. Oh, Jason Aaron brings back whatever Jason Aaron loves. There's no way that the orb won't show back up in the Avengers. Mm-hmm. There's no way that we won't get a resolution to the Nick Fury Watcher story. There's no way that we're not going to see Jane Foster Thor come back in some big, bad way. Um, Everything that he wrote will return. Mm -hmm. And I'm cool with that. Mark Wade's taking over Doctor Strange. Mark my words, go back, pick up Strange. The Doctor is out. It's written by Mark Wade. He creates a girl, kind of like daughter character for Doctor Strange, and then sets her up to be like missing. And Doctor Strange says, don't worry, I'm going to find you. He doesn't ever. There's no way that Mark Wade won't go back and do that. Um, Comic Goblin says, love your guys' work. Have to admit, though, I loved War Jokes and Riddles. And Tom King is my favorite writer. His run made me care about Batman, but I get where y'all are coming from. You guys rock. Fair well, enough. Well, thank you. Empty Kaiser Sose says, Origin is co-written by the guy that wrote Marvel. Uh, Interesting. I believe that Paul Jenkins wrote Origin. Now, maybe Mark Wade helped work on... Uh, or not Mark Wade. Mark Miller worked on uh, Origin Two. Mm. Um, unless you're talking about Paul Je- or uh, Bill Jemis, in which case he kind of like guided the idea and maybe came up with a couple of the ideas, but he didn't co-write it. Right. But uh, but that said, uh, you know we should talk about some other like books that came out of that era that are written by people like Mark Miller that are prequel stories. Um, for example, uh, the hit book Trouble. Yeah. If you've never read Trouble, it's one of the worst goddamn things on the planet. Tell me about Trouble. Uh, Trouble is them retconning the story of who conceived Peter Parker. And it's a bedroom farce about... uh, It's a bedroom farce about Uncle Ben and Richard Parker banging... uh, Banging Mary and Aunt May. And right. it's, it's, it's atrocious. It's got Terry Dodson and Rachel Dodson working on the art. So it's like, it looks great, but it's like, why? What bad taste. What horrible taste. And it's just about like, and it's set in the 60s or whatever, kind of. Like, it's supposed to be like, a, it's a straight up like retcon slash prequel to Amazing Fantasy 15 in that it takes place in that time period before that. And the trouble is like, the people forget to wear condoms sometimes. <laughs> And, uh, hey, and it was so, the sixties. Yeah. And like, Hey, maybe uncle Ben turns out to be Peter Parker's father. But, but what does that change? Why did we need that story? That doesn't, it's, subtri- it, that's a lateral move. It's not even like a lateral move. It's a move fucking down slash backwards. It totally <laughs> sucks. And it's, it's like the, and the reality is it's, it came from a book that was originally being published with covers of like what looked like prepubescent girls in bikinis. Uh-huh. And it's just so horrible. And it could be the wind. We do have a horrible storm happening right now. It's storming where I am too, actually. Interesting. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe we're having uh maybe it's because of the storm. I'll call the cable company when we're done with the show and like read them the fucking riot act because <laughs> I have a dedicated internet. I'm in a I'm in a compound that is made of concrete that was built mm-hmm. before the war. And, and you will which, know my name is Sal when I strike down upon thee. That's right. Exactly. So 
Um, yeah, mark my words, audience that is annoyed by the buffering and the constant. We're annoyed dropping, too. Uh, we're anno- we're more annoyed. I, as annoyed as you are, I am more frustrated and annoyed. We we like putting out a good product. We're trying to put put out a good show, and we're trying to do a legitimate operation. And whenever we drop the internet, it looks like I'm trying to like download BitTorrent's worth of movies <laughs> while we're trying to also do this thing. And it's like, no, I pay for a very I pay a lot of money for a very dedicated line of internet, and it doesn't fucking work. Um, on the one day I use it a week. So anyway, uh, but trouble sucks. Don't buy it. Steal it and <laughs> and read it sometime because it's the worst. Um, it, it does sound like the worst. I can't believe that I've, uh, I mean, I've, I've seen that panel that you've shown, but I didn't know what it was from until oh, now. Yeah. Oh, read it. It's, it's the pits. Um, I'll, I'll put that one on the list. Here's a book that is a prequel to a video game that people wanted us to talk about. Mm-hmm. Injustice. Yeah. What Who a thought this book would be good. No one would have thought again, too, because it had so many things working against it's a prequel, which usually doesn't matter because it's like, you know, why there's no stakes for it. I know who's going to live. I know who's going to die. What's the point of it? And to a video game, usually comics based on video games aren't that great. But man, leave it to Tom Taylor to blow all expectations out of the water and make a universe unto itself. Yeah, it completely gave you something different. It was basically like, hey. What if we Watchmen the DC universe Man. in a universe that doesn't matter? Like because I and I think it's because it was straight up a cash grab in terms of it's being it's a video game tie-in. They were like, "Who gives a shit?" And Tom Taylor was probably like, "Can I do this?" And they're like, "Do whatever." The answer is always yes. Do whatever the hell you want. Get a blank check. Just make sure that it lines up with the first game in some way after five years. And he's like, "Okay." And let me tell you, like, the art was really bad up until a point. And then yeah. they went, oh, shit, this book's selling. Put, get, fix this and make it better. I cite the, uh, the image of Batman, like, eh. punching a punching bag at his, his, like, horse teeth. Ooh, such yeah. that I was so excited to do it on Backish. And then I opened the page and I'm like, oh, they, they fixed, fixed the it. art. No. God damn it. Like, the- what? What horse teeth? I don't know what you mean. <laughs> that never happened. The thing, too, about Injustice is I think more than anything, it proves that the future of comics is digital. They were short. They were cheap. They came out on a consistent schedule. You didn't need any former continuity knowledge to just hop right in. Here's every character the way you know them. Yeah, it's it wound up being better than the games yep. and a universe that people probably in real boardrooms at Warner Brothers are discussing doing Oh, in I'm the sure. movies. Like, hey, you know, they really love this fucking comic about, like, them all hating each other and destroying everything. <laughs> Why don't we just do that? And and the funny thing, too, is that the games actually had a pretty good story, yeah. too. It was written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, no, of all people. No, they're solid games. It's just that like, oh. I think the comics have taken on a whole life of their own. They have so much to the point that by the time the sequel came around, the sequel started to contradict stuff that uh, Taylor video- had written. Oh, yeah, totally. What's amazing about that is I remember, like, there was a time when the Injustice comic was a joke. And Mm -hmm. here's the punchline to that joke. The opening of Convergence (laughs) is the destruction of the Injustice world. Yep. The worst DC event in the last 20 years, trying to say that Injustice is so irrelevant they can destroy it. Wanting to stick it to them, yeah. They can wreck it without even having to be part of the main event. That felt really petty, didn't it? How petty, but how funny. Because at the end of the day, the one that doesn't fucking matter is convergence and and, and injustice is everyone's favorite goddamn thing. Yep. 
Um, yep. Uh, Jay also mentions in the super chat, uh, all-star Batman Robin so bad that it's awesome. Hold that thought, my friend. Uh, <laughs> an awkward Mexican. <clears throat> great name. Nice. Figures that the one Wednesday I'm off, I can catch it live. Lags. Low. Love you guys. Keep up the awesome work. Aww. Thanks, man. Sorry about the lag. Um, yeah, I guess we could talk about that. All-Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder is a prequel to The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, because all of Miller's stuff is kind of in continuity with itself. Yes, there is the Millerverse, and it's all connected. Uh, All-Star Batman, Year One, Dark Knight Returns, Spawn Batman, uh, all of the stories that take place that Batman is in, that Frank Miller wrote, are in the Millerverse. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. By the way, really quick, before we jump into it, Devil, Devil Ham says, Thanks, Sal, I just looked up Spider-Man Trouble, and now I have to bleach my brain. That book should be on back issues. We do own it. Uh, I don't know if anyone would want to watch it. How do I even title that book? You know, it's true. Spider-Man's real dad is Uncle Ben. I guess that's the title. <laughs> yeah, I um, guess so. You, you know it in your heart what the title should be. Yeah, I guess so. Because, uh, by the way, they never retconned that out. Uh, but yeah, All-Star Batman and Rob and the Boy Wonder written by Frank Miller with art by Jim Lee is, is straight up a prequel to those, to those comics. Yeah. And so fucking horrible and great. You know, it's really, you know, it's like something it's special. It's meme. The comic book is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's, there's something special because so many people say they love this book and I don't think they're kidding because I love this book too. It has some of the best bat art the Jim Lee's ever drawn. It's really pretty looking. It has looking. some of the best Robin art the Jim Lee's ever drawn. And it has some of the worst characterizations for Batman oh, that yeah. Frank Miller has ever done. And Frank Miller oh, yeah. has delivered some of the best Batman characterizations. It's, it's, is this the point where Frank Miller became a parody of himself? I think that Frank has, had already jumped the shark when he did The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Yeah, that's probably that. that that's I. You could argue that was his sellout moment. That well, he did everything he wanted. No one told him no. He had no editor. He drew the bare minimum. Lynn Varley paint colored in the worst possible way. It's the worst of the worst. And you know that that every frame of that comic is every frame that Frank Miller wanted to do. <laughs> but drunk uh, on power. But All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. I can't believe DC was so like arrogant that they thought this was going to be a huge hit um, or that it <laughs> would they, continue and last. And they clearly learn nothing from this because they still let Frank Miller come back and basically write whatever he wants when they don't give him a babysitter. Cause he sells. Cause it's straight, yeah. at the end of the day, Frank Miller sells. How, how excited for, Hey, this will be a prequel too. How excited are you for the young adult Carrie Kelly book written by Frank Miller? Cause when I think young adult, uh, preteen girl led series. I think old ass Uncle Frank Miller. I, yeah, I think Frank Miller is going to deliver uh, something. Oh, yeah. Remind me when it comes out because that is not on my radar at all. No, no, not on mine either. Um, somebody asked, uh, Taylor Petcher says, Does Batwoman Elegy, at least to the second part, uh, is that a prequel? Uh, yeah, and it's in a way it is. I read Elegy just recently, and yeah, they go right back to her origin. You get to hang out with her, see her family, and everything. I would call the second part of that a prequel. There you go. Um, I, it's been so long, I don't remember it. Elegy's really good and looks nice, too. It does look nice, because I remember the art was, has, has always been like a major selling point mm-hmm. for Batwoman. Um, similarly, though, I don't mean to do, make this the Batcast, Long Halloween is a prequel, uh, that took place over 12 months, uh, yeah, 12 months. 
and fantastic, phenomenal series that I consider to be Batman Year Two. It is a great sequel to Year One, mm-hmm. but also managing to be a great prequel to the Bat Mythos uh, that manages to give you uh, kind of like informing the the origins of the of the mafia and mm-hmm. where the crime families all like went, you know, and how they kind of traded power from you know just just strong-armed mafioso types to colorful costumed clowns that's that's my favorite it's the changing of the guard and how you know the underworld of gotham changes man people people love telling batman origins and like batman prequels because then you have like the earth one line of books that's hey here's batman early on in his career Mm -hmm. and then of course you got yeah i guess so he's telling me like hey you know what happened obs studio disconnected like yeah why? Hot damn. Explain to me why that is. <laughs> explain uh, yourself, application. Explain yourself. Um, but yeah, it's easy to write uh, origin stories, especially mm-hmm. for Superman. And uh, American Alien, another one that happened just recently American that was many, many different origins and prequels all kind of put together into one story. Completely. Uh, it's bizarre how popular origins are for Superman, but... It doesn't surprise me. Um, and it's they're easier to write, I think, because, like I said, you know, there's zero barrier to entry. So you could just be like, oh, it's Superman story. Oh, and it's the beginning. Oh, cool. I'm jumping in. Um, but uh, but that said, let's jump into some more. I've got two more. Uh, I don't know what how, how many you have left. Uh, I figure one we might as well talk about. I don't know how many of these you read, but I think it's kind of interesting now with yes. Watchmen kind of becoming back in vogue again. The before Watchmen books that they did. Uh, before Watchmen. What yeah. a decision. Um, yep. Money made just a straight up cash grab. This is yep. zero integrity, zero um, creative outlet. And yet they put some really talented people on it. Well, because, you know, like it's it's like if uh, if George Lucas came to you and he's in 1997 (laughs) and he said, oh, I want to do a a, a Star Wars prequel, but I know I'm not talented enough to pull that off. Uh, You do it. Here's all the money I would do. Like, (laughs) if he handed me like, you know, however much money it costs to make those goddamn movies and Mm -hmm. you do it. Here's my Rolodex. Figure it out. You know, I am not. I know I'm. I'm intelligent enough, and I'm like self-aware enough to go like I'm not directing these Star Wars movies, <laughs> but I know who will. I'm gonna call up Steven Spielberg and be like, Steve, do you want to direct a Star Wars movie? Like, I'm gonna call up like David Lynch or freaking like some <laughs> other crazy, amazing director, Ron Howard, uh, you know, uh, Robert Zemeckis, and be mm. like, I need you guys to come in, and I would, I would be like, Star Wars, we gotta do this right. Three different directors for three different Star Wars chapters that all take place in the same story: Zemeckis, Spielberg, and somebody else, probably Howard, and just do those movies, and I'll take a crack. Up, yeah, and call up the best screenwriters I can, and then like maybe I'd work out the story with a friend of mine. You know, but then I'd run it through the meat grinder that was the top talent available yeah. to me. And I think DC was like, uh, if we're going to like just just blatantly reach for money off of the back of Alan Moore, we need to make sure that there's at least some attempt at like creative integrity going on. Got to make it look like we're trying. So like, let's get the Cuberts on, vo- on board. You know, let's get like uh, Amanda Connor to draw the Silk Spectre book. Let's get uh, it looked really good. Azzarello. You know, and what's amazing is they are all bad. They're all very unnecessary. Right. Like who asked for it? The best one, I think, is Darwin Cook's uh, Minutemen book. Um, Yeah. 
but everything else is really, really crappy. Despite did, the did, fact that did top I need to know? Did I need to know the comedian hung out with the Kennedys and everything? And did I need to know that him and Moloch felt bad when Kennedy was assassinated? <laughs> did I need to know that? No, you could have surmised that. Like, do I need to know about the Silk Spectre's partying days? Did I need to read, I don't, I don't know, uh, the, the Night Owl prequel? Like, mm-hmm. is it really awesome that, the, that all the Kuberts worked on a Night Owl book? It's really awesome they did any book. Why didn't you just give them, if you wanted to make money... Why don't you just fucking give Joe Kubert, Andy Kubert, and Adam Kubert a Batman book? That'd be nice. I'd Maybe like you could that. Black label that shit fucking 15 years earlier. <laughs> you corrupt idiots. But instead, you got Before Watchmen, which is just a straight up dumpster fire that looks really, really awesome. Like, yep. It's Jay the Lee's, nicest looking dumpster fire you'll ever see. It is. It's just uh, Jay Lee's art is top. Uh, Joe Kubert's art is amazing. Darwin Cook's looks great. Uh, Lee Bermejo drew some of that shit. Yes, he did. It looks great. Um, it's just, you know, really, really stupid. And to think they'd go back to the Watchmen well again. Yeah. Oh, how could they not? <laughs> we own it. How could they not? We own it. Exactly. And because at the end of the day, what they really wanted to see was super was Superman. And, uh, you know, and Batman in the Watchmen universe or dealing with the Watchmen universe. And now we've kind of gotten it. Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, Retro, uh, Retro says, do you think the, do you think over at Comic Pop you guys would ever cover some video games about comics? Yeah. In fact, we used to have a series called Panels to Pixels mm-hmm. where we did video game comics or comic book video games. Um, look for it. Sam Anderson says, here's two prequel series that are completely different caliber. Legends of the Dark Knight and Spidey. Yes. Legends oh, of the Dark Knight. yeah. Let's year one all of Batman on a regular basis. You got Venom. Yep. Venom's a prequel book. Um, all these stories take place in the early days of uh, Batman's career. Oh, Windows Defender's letting me know that they're, that he's doing something very important. Oh, thanks, Windows Defender. Get, get fucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Legends of the Dark Knight is a great series when it's when it's really good. Um, and Spidey is not. Um, Spidey, I remember actually really trying hard to like Spidey, and I'm just like, I've read these. I've read all of these before. They're slight changes, slight updatings, but I've read all of these before. Yeah, and they're not, like, it's technically Spidey isn't really a prequel series. It's more like an alternate, it's just Marvel Adventure Spider-Man. It's just like, here's young Spider-Man doing shit, and if everybody loves it, we'll make it continuity. Oh, yeah. they didn't? It's canceled moving then- on. We'll forget it ever happened. Because you know the people who were working on Spidey did not know, like, when Harry Osborn and Peter Parker met. So they meet in high school. They know that, like, Gwen was introduced in a love triangle. I don't remember that. She's in high school now. Like, it's just confusing, and the suit looks like the movie. Like, no. It's just a, it, that was another cash grab for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was basic. But, like, if you want a book that Spider-Man themed for, younger, for another, uh, younger audience, how about Marvel Adventure Spider-Man? It's a yeah. great little series. Um, what's it called? Uh, Ike of Pike says the Negan prequel miniseries. Yeah. Never read them. I, I, I know either. the governor got a bunch of prequels as well. Yeah. Again, uh, just it's got walking down on it. Money. Yep. Uh, and MT Kaiser Soze says ultimate origin by Bendis. Yes. Uh, I, I would, I would almost consider it a, a retcon, but it is a prequel series to everything. You know, like everything is prequeled after like with Ultimate Origins and it manages. It's like one of it's weird. It's actually a really incredible uh, diamond in the rough because like it's Bendis. Right. So it has to take like eight issues or whatever. But instead, mm-hmm. 
it's only like four or five issues and it's like compartmentalized and it tells concise stories and shows you like origins for major characters, but only shows you what you need to look at. Doesn't yeah. waste it with like, doesn't waste pages with move the car George moments. It's incredible. Um, but that being said, like, you know, yeah, I guess I consider it a prequel series. If nothing else, it's a great series. So check what out about, Ultimate Origins. What about Hickman's The Shield? Mm. Yeah, although I'd also argue that's a that's kind of like a retcon. But The Shield, yeah, yeah, Shield is a prequel series to like everything. The entire Marvel Universe yeah. and not just the agency of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right? It's it's cool. But yes, it, it, I would consider that a prequel as well. And, Jake, and, and it's very much canon, too, because even up into Secret Empire, they were making reference to it. Oh, yeah. Um, and there's no way that Hickman didn't intrinsically tie it in with whatever he was working on up until Secret oh, Wars. Uh, Jacob Levin Fay says, X-Men The Hidden Years, uh, Weapon X, Jim Lee's uh, Captain and Logan World War II, Tales of mm. Asgard, Marvel Flashback Month from 97, where every issue was a negative one. Oh, uh, you mean this series, Marvel Flashback? Uh, if you're not familiar, Marvel Flashback was a month-long random series where like every book had a negative one or a, or a zero <laughs> issue or whatever where they told you like an origin or a flashback story interesting bizarre uh and i don't know who asked for it but it was really cool in fact we meant it, here's a tie-in with uh with untold tales marvel flashback affected untold tales by telling a richard and mary parker story Ooh. about them being secret agents and that interesting really which they would grow that concept quite a bit oh yeah Big time. Well, actually, that spun out of like a series. Um, it, it has origins even farther reaching back than 97. It, they did a series where uh, Spider-Man has to like clear the like, his parents' names to like Nick Fury. And he's dealing with the Red mm. Skull. because they. Yes, like, I remember that one. Great, but that was like the night. It was early 90s. Didn't, um, didn't they adapt that into an episode of the cartoon at some point? Oh, I yeah. think they did. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Anytime you want to talk about the, the Parkers, you got to you got to do that. Um, but yeah, so that is. Everything we talked about in terms of the prequels uh, that that are referenced in comics, um, as uh, Jacob referenced, there were a bunch of other ones, and there you know, and there remain more than just the ones he mentioned. I can't yeah. believe I forgot about Weapon X, um, for example. Pretty but, big uh, one. Yeah, it's a it's an excellent one. But uh, that I guess will be left for part two of this series, and uh, I look forward to seeing the list we have of sequel series to, to series we've done already. Indeed. But uh, yeah, so I want to thank you all for hanging out with us and enduring this bullshit that was. Yeah, the we stream. apologize. I am sorry for the uh, the spotty internet connection we had. We do have a windstorm in effect right now. That might have been the reason for the problem. I, yeah. I honestly couldn't tell you, but uh, I will tell you that it should be back to normal uh, by next week because uh, I'll run my computer through a friggin' car wash, <laughs> and I'm gonna give hell to the uh, the the cable provider. And uh, we'll hopefully not be, sp- be streaming during a storm. but uh, Such is the hope. Thank you for so many of you for hanging out with us, for donating to the Super Chat, and of course for just watching this episode. We'll see you guys next mm-hmm. time with an all-new episode. I am Sal. I'm Joel. So long, everybody. Watch this week's back issues. It's the manga episode. Oh, shit. Uh, this is the manga episode of back issues. It'll be coming out in the next 15 to 20 minutes. Watch it. If you ever want to see manga on back issues again, watch this episode. Support it. Get your cool. friends to support it. We built a set. It's a lot oh. of fun. It's a oh, book damn. you'll probably never read, but I promise it is a fun one. You will love it. Watch this week's back issues. I I know you're going to look at it and go, nope, I don't care. Watch <laughs> it. If you ever want to see manga again on this channel, 
you better fucking deliver on this episode because otherwise <laughs> you you are never going to see Attack on Titan on this channel. Oh, so, uh, Sagoy. Thanks a lot for watching. We'll see you guys then.